Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? I got to change the oil in my car. Right now, get five quarts of Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic with an STP Extended Life Oil Filter for only $36.99. What do I do with my old oil? We can recycle your used oil for free. And do you have oil for my old work truck? You can find the right high mileage oil to help it go farther right here at AutoZone. AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. Getting you ready for the day in sports betting. This is Point Spread Sunday on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network. Hour number two of Point Spread Sunday on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network. Femi and Bebefe alongside Mike Pritchard here at the South Point Hotel and Casino, and we are getting you set. For week number two in the NFL, 13 games we have on the slate today, nine in the early window, four in the late window, and but we have one in particular, Sunday Night Football, prime time out there in the Charm City, the Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Baltimore Ravens before the season started and when the schedule makers made this one, everyone was like, that's the game right there, but we saw the Baltimore Ravens struggle to say the least, against mm-hmm. the Las Vegas Raiders this past Monday. So Baltimore now 0-1, Kansas City entering 1-0 after a thrilling victory over the Cleveland Browns. This one is lined at Chiefs minus 4 with a total of 55, 55 and a half. I'm actually seeing maybe 53 and a half here at the South Point. So the under has been hit just a little bit throughout this week here. But it's interesting when you hear odds makers talk about this game, and we were talking about it during the break, is that, Nobody wants to bet Baltimore. <laughs> and yet we're still seeing the line here at three and a half. Four is really the consensus now. But you keep hearing, no, nobody wants Baltimore. Nobody wants Baltimore. Well, maybe maybe move the line. I sure. might like Baltimore there. But what do you make of this line? Chiefs minus four. 87% of the tickets on Kansas City. 94% of the handle. So this is a, a, a big, big one-sided uh, game here between at least in the betting market between right. these Chiefs and the Ravens here. You know, Femi, if you're a bookmaker, I mean, you got to be conscious of the fact that Kansas City Chiefs, they don't cover, right? And, yeah. and so you got to be careful right there if you want to generate some action uh, at all in this market. Uh, you know, my thoughts 
initially, you know, you look at this number uh, and there's some value there. It could be some value. You know, home dog situation, Baltimore, Sunday Night Football. You got Lamar Jackson. You got a good matchup right there, him and Mahomes. But then when you dive into the matchup even further, uh, the Chiefs' issues defensively. Uh, still a new offensive line. Uh, mm-hmm. Orlando Brown going up against his former team. Uh, from the Chiefs' offensive line standpoint, he's going to be familiar, highly familiar with the designs of that Ravens defense. And, okay, in that offensive line room, did he convey information? <laughs> he said he wasn't useful. a snitch is what he said during the week. <laughs> well, I know. He says, I'm not a snitch. I'm not a snitch. But he doesn't play for the Ravens. He's not associated with the Ravens. He exactly. can't be a snitch. His check is written by <laughs> right. the Kansas City Chiefs. He can't be a snitch. <laughs> but can I give away tendencies? Can I give away uh, information? Yes. Uh, it happens all the time. And so – uh, Orlando Brown wants to get paid, too, and Kansas City Chiefs can, can kind of control that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to protect my quarterback. And, and the opposite side of that, Ronnie Stanley banged up in that game against uh, the Raiders. So we got to keep an eye on that situation. Yep. Villanueva, is he going to go back to his natural position at left tackle? Because he was out of position, clearly. Uh, he, right he, he looks like it <laughs> right. on Monday night. <laughs> right. So I always start out inside out when I work these games, when I analyze these games. I always start inside out. Uh, and so... Uh, down another secondary member talking about the Baltimore Ravens. And and so I mentioned earlier in the show, the Raiders ran 80 plays offensively uh, against that Ravens defense. That's a lot of film work one. Mm -hmm. And now you got showtime coming to Baltimore offensively with all those weapons for Patrick Mahomes. So uh, it doesn't bold well uh, for the Ravens, but yet you look at numbers and you look at this spread uh, and is there value right there? I mean, you st- certainly have to keep that in mind. Yeah, you mentioned some of those Baltimore Ravens injuries, and that's been the, kind of the story of this mm-hmm. team over the last four to six weeks, I would say, uh, especially with the running backs. We all had those guys inj- injured during training camp and in the preseason. Marquise Brown, he practiced limited on Friday, but he's mm-hmm. questionable, didn't practice Wednesday or Thursday. Ronnie Stanley, he was DNP all week. Mm-hmm. Questionable is his game status on the injury report. I think it's doubtful that he actually plays. Yeah. Just because it felt like he was still battling the injury that he suffered last year that ended his season early on. Uh, Chris Westry, who you mentioned, the cornerback, went on IR. Jimmy Smith, he was limited all week, questionable. Might be trending towards playing, we'll see. But defensive end Derek Wolf has already been ruled out with a back and hip. He didn't play last week either in the game against Las Vegas. So this is a banged-up Baltimore Mm -hmm. team. We saw the performance that they put forward in week one. 80 plays off it. 80 plays that that they had to defend. Mm -hmm. But – Still getting four points right. at home. So there's there's something here that's smelling a little funny. That <laughs> This line should maybe be five and a half, maybe even six. But I think a lot of respected sharp betters are looking to take that home team with the points in a primetime spot where they're going to be highly motivated. And one right. play that's kind of interested me with this game is maybe Baltimore first half. Maybe look at the Ravens' first half okay. just because they're going to throw the kitchen sink out there. We might see trick plays. Uh, we know the gadgets that Lamar Jackson is capable of pulling off there. So maybe Ravens' first half, if you can find a, a three there as, as a potential uh, potential spot. Right. You know, from a football perspective, you know, the Ravens, they, they can run the football. They'll run the football well. They'll, they'll do it. They, they find ways to generate yards in, in that regard. Now, the passing game, I, I know going into the year, they wanted to have Lamar under center a little bit more. Uh, they wanted to implement and, and feature him as a drop-back passer uh, a little bit more, too. I don't know if they're forcing it. Uh, we'll see. You know, they're desperate. They cannot go down 0-2. Uh, so they're desperate in that situation, too. So you kind of like that from a betting perspective. You like the fact that yep. Baltimore is going to be desperate. Uh, Kansas City, again, they just don't cover 
So from a betting perspective, if you know you're approaching four, if you can get something else uh, higher than that, look for it. But um, I, it, it's uh, from a football perspective. Here's my other hat coming back on. It just is not a great matchup to me uh, on the field. Yeah, and we've seen that historically play out over at least the last three games between these two teams. One team that is desperate, we mentioned them earlier in the first hour, trying to avoid an 0-2 start. The Indianapolis Colts mm. at home also catching three and a half and even four in some spots hosting the Los Angeles Rams who looked fantastic on Sunday night football against the bears. The Rams getting 86% of the bets and 89% of the handle on the Rams to cover out there. And now it's a tough spot for the Rams, at least from my vantage point yeah. playing on Sunday night, a week ago. Now you have to travel to the Eastern time zone in an early window spot against a team that is desperate is Owen one. But this Colts team is rather banged up just like the Ravens and the Rams clean bill of health on their side of things. And you look at the Colts injury report, Xavier Rhodes is going to be out with a calf injury. Braden Smith, their offensive tackle, mm -hmm. he's out with a foot injury. Now they're likely going to get Eric Fisher back. He tore his Achilles in the AFC title game when he was playing with the Kansas City Chiefs. He's kind of been working his way back over the last 10 days or so, was able to practice full on Friday. So I think he'll be back. But you got to monitor Quentin Nelson. He's questionable. DeForest Buckner was DNP on Friday with a groin injury. I think he'll play, but kind of what do you see with this Rams-Colts matchup here with the Rams seeing a lot of support because right. they looked really good. They looked like the team that is expected to be a Super Bowl contender now that they have Matthew Stafford on their team. But this Indianapolis Colts team is they're, they're good coaching staff, mm -hmm. and, and they're at home looking to avoid uh, an 0-2 hole to start the season. Yeah, Femi, again, uh, work it inside out. So Quentin Nelson coming back but he's not really prepared, and he's facing Aaron Donald. That's, that's a tough battle. <laughs> you would think you would love some preparation for that, and this guy still hurts, still banged up. Eric Fisher, uh, same thing. Uh, Friday's practices are condensed. They're not as long as Wednesday and Thursday, so uh, take that for what it's worth in terms of his preparation, too. Uh, coming back with a new team uh, against the Rams. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot to factor in there, working inside out, and uh, what the Rams do defensively with their front can be challenging if these guys are not prepared. And on top of that, Carson Wentz, how prepared is he going to be too? Uh, not only with the surgery, uh, but then the COVID situation, his preparation was away from the team. So uh, you got to factor that in. Now also, uh, when you build outside, uh, the weapons that he has, do they match up well against Ramsey and everybody else for that secondary uh, and, that, and that linebacking core uh, for the Rams? And on paper, it just doesn't feel like it does match up. Now, the Colts in a desperate situation cannot lose two games at home. Uh, certainly, that's been the mantra, and that's been the rallying call this week uh, as they prepare. Uh, but it's going to take a lot for, for them to prepare for this game. Now, you got a hook here, though, right? Three and yeah, a half? Three and a half. Uh, and that, like, so if this is a field goal game, uh, you got to be careful of that bet uh, if you are going to lay it. Uh, now, on the other side, if you find value with the Colts, uh, where is that going to come from? Four and two in the red zone uh, last week. Uh, the Rams, I think, defensively a little bit better uh, than what the Colts pre uh, played with Seattle uh, to begin the year. Uh, and then also, I, I spoke of this before, there's a drop-back element to this offense now, more so than run-first, set-up, play-action like, like we've seen with McVay and the Rams and golf. With Matthew Stafford, they can line up and drop back and throw the football around the yard. Uh, mm -hmm. And they're confident of that, too. I saw that in game one uh, against the Bears. So, uh, there, I, I lean towards the Rams in this one, but I'm careful of that hook, though. Yeah, no, that hook is dangerous there. Uh, I mean, the a home dog getting points. I mean, we mm -hmm. have another home dog out in Duval County 
getting points here with the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Denver Broncos. Denver laying six. Right. We saw the impressive showing from the Broncos against the New York Giants a week ago, winning that one by multiple scores. Now a Jacksonville team got beat up against Houston, who many people believe is the worst team in the NFL without Deshaun Watson. Well, Denver's getting 75% of the tickets, wow. 89% of the handle against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Vic Fangio against a rookie quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Urban Meyer, still the coach last time we checked in Jacksonville, didn't run <laughs> off to USC. Uh, but all jokes aside, though, this is one of seven home underdogs we have here in week number two, and all of them getting at least a field goal at home. That's a that's a tasty six points you can get with the Jags there, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it is. And I would look to tease this one down if you want to back the Broncos. You can tease it to a pick, and, and it's okay. You feel pretty good about that. Uh, steady Teddy at quarterback. I think the Broncos are confident uh, with their offense now. Now Jerry Judy's out, uh, yep. but yet Cortland Sutton, he was a pro bowler receiver before he got hurt too, and Noah Fant, uh, a decent tight end for uh, Steady Teddy. But the running game, I think the Broncos will feature – uh, the two running backs in this one, that offensive line, Mike Munchak's done a great job there in Denver with that old line, maybe some weather involved in this game too. I believe uh, Jacksonville, a lot of noise coming out of that organization right yeah. now. And how do you trust that? But uh, you know, it's another week of preparation for a young team. Uh, and one of the things I saw in the preseason for Trevor Lawrence is that guy has learned. He does, does know how to learn from watching tape. Uh, and so keep that in mind, too, with this. But I, I'm looking to tease this one down, though, for the Denver Broncos. It feels like with this Jacksonville team, I know we see the things that happen in between the white lines, and that's what ultimately decides our bets. But sometimes the things that are outside the white lines right. can factor into what happens on Sundays. And we'll talk about that even more on the other side of this break. Pritch's Perspective, Hour 2 version of it. Point Spread Sunday here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to get to Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of and those. Then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. 
Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save 40% site-wide. Get 40% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta. CNN's chief medical correspondent. And this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. This is Point Spread Sunday on VSEN, the sports betting network. VSEN is now available 24-7 on the YouTube TV Sports Plus package. Sign up today at tv.youtube.com to start your free trial. And remember, you can also watch us 24-7 on Fubo TV, Sling, and Xfinity X1. Visit vsen.com to find all the ways to watch and listen to VSEN. It is 6.15 here on September 19, 2021. You're watching Point Spread Sunday. Femi and Bebefe, Mike Pritchard from the South Point Hotel and Casino. Week two in the NFL. And the underdogs so far this season have been barking in the <laughs> NFL. 13-4 and four ATS are the underdogs. I mentioned it last segment. We have seven home underdogs, which leads me to our next one. And that will kick us off into Pritchard's Perspective Part 2 here on Point Spread Sunday. As the Miami Dolphins getting Three points against the Buffalo Bills. Now, I want to read an interesting quote from head coach Brian Flores because the news came out earlier this week that Will Fuller is going to be missing from the Dolphins for quite some time dealing with a personal matter. And Flores, he said, things arise in our lives, and that's kind of what he's dealing with right now. He has my support. He has our support. And I mean, it's a surprise. Things happen. And you know when they happen, they're not part of the normal every day yet. It's a surprise from that standpoint. But you deal with it, and he's dealing with it, and we'll support him, and we'll make our adjustments as a team. We'll go without him and move forward. That is from Brian Flores, courtesy of the Palm Beach Post there. It's very vague. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's tough to uh, to speculate what's going on with Will Fuller. You obviously hope everything is okay, but from the Dolphins' perspective now, you're now without your wide receiver that you went out and got in free agency. So as a player in the locker room, how do you guys kind of handle Something that just came up, right? At least from at least we're thinking from our perspective out of the blue to this team here, uh, and now they're without a guy that they were kind of relying on heading into this season. You know, Will Fuller's been around the league certainly with the Texans now, first year with the Dolphins, and um, from a, a teammate perspective, if I was in that locker room, certainly you would wonder if everything's okay, hope that everything's okay, whatever the personal issue is. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some guys that look. That's Will Fuller's business. And he'll handle it, whatever it is. And I got to focus on beating down the bills. Uh, And then there's some guys that, okay, if you're friendly or friends with Will Fuller, you're you're, you're concerned, perhaps. Uh, I think Coach Flores 
is handling it the right way, distancing you know the team from Will Fuller. He's not at practice. He's not yeah. uh, you know you're not going to rely on him. So you're going about your work and preparing uh, for Buffalo your own way. Uh, so you have to do that. You have to separate the two. Uh, and, and so that, don't let that become an issue. I, I think what Will Fuller was going to present for the Dolphins was that deep threat aspect to an offense. But yet you got Tua that you're not sure about if he can even deliver the ball deep uh, down the field that way. So uh, I, I think for the Dolphins, they have not had Will Fuller. And now they're going to have to move on without Will Fuller at this point. Yeah, it's almost one of those things. It's like. Do they miss him because he's never actually played a game right, right. with them? But I'm sure when you're training uh, all throughout camp and stuff like that, you've been planning to have this guy be a part of that mm-hmm. offense, and he was there to help open things up for Tua Tungavailoa, who didn't look as prolific in the passing game, at least what we expected coming out of Alabama there. But it's interesting seeing Buffalo seeing so much support, 88% of the tickets, 90% of the handle on the Buffalo Bills at three and a half. That is the number that I'm seeing on the odds board. A lot of people think that Buffalo in a bounce back spot Mm -hmm. can maybe get back on the right side of things after losing outright to Pittsburgh last week as a six and a half point favorite here. But it's a lot of points to be laid. a lot of points. Once again, divisional dogs. We've been talking about it all week long. Yeah. That's a lot of points in a team that they know each other fairly well. This was a three-point game in Miami a week or a season ago in week number two. And to me, it feels like another field goal type of game. I would lean probably Dolphins in this. It, it does feel like a field goal type of game in Buffalo on the road uh, off a loss against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's uh, a team that you have to prepare for a lot of, uh, of preparation went into the offseason and the training camp, getting ready for that first game, and then you lose at home. Uh, one of the things I looked for, again, building inside out, Buffalo. How many times did they hold the Steelers trying to protect Josh Allen? Uh, a lot. How many holding calls were called? Not a lot. Uh, but yet, yeah. you know, they still had trouble uh, blocking that front. Are they going to have trouble uh, with that offensive line blocking the Dolphins' offensive front? Flores, he's a defense guru, and uh, they drafted very well, too. I'm looking for the Dolphins, at least from a first-half standpoint, to really uh, have a chance to bet them at home. Now, Buffalo, uh, again, prolific offensive uh, a system that they have, a great player in Josh Allen. Uh, they didn't score a lot of points in week one. So mm-hmm. what happens during preparation for week two, you start to try to tweak that and fix that. We averaged 31 points a game last year offensively. How, how do we not do that already? Uh, so you figure – the Buffalo Bills are going to have some type of aggressive game plan in this one. Yeah, the Buffalo team, we mentioned how they can't afford to go 0-2. Mm-hmm. would be interesting from seeing the results of this game, what the odds would do for the AFC East. Because if Miami wins this game and they're 2-0 right. with two wins over the New England Patriots and the Buffalo Bills, I don't think they would be the favorite to win the division, but... I mean, they would be probably plus 150, sure. or maybe plus 120 to win the AFC East. How optimistic are you? Would you grab that right now? <laughs> I, I don't know if I'd like them outright. I think okay. I'd rather just take the points. Okay. I, think, I think Buffalo wins this one by three would be my guess yeah. there. But uh, the Bills certainly getting support in the market. Uh, another game that's kind of I want to get your perspective on just because of the dynamic in the Chicago Bears locker room. They're taking on the Cincinnati Bengals today. It's the Andy Dalton revenge game. We've heard people joking about that one. Bears opened up as a three and a half point favorite earlier this week. That one is down to two here at the South Point. And even in some places, I'm seeing one and a half Chicago as a favorite there. So the market obviously didn't like what it saw from Mm -hmm. the Bears week one against the LA Rams out there on the road. And from your perspective, when you have this 
dynamic of a veteran quarterback. Nobody really believes in this guy. The fan base clearly wants the rookie Justin Fields to start. The media keeps asking Matt Nagy about when is Fields getting in? Are we going to see more of the Fields package that we saw? Fields scored a touchdown right. last week against the Rams. But how do you handle that in the locker room internally when you have a veteran guy that clearly everybody knows is just a placeholder waiting for that rookie that was drafted as a first-round pick to eventually take over as the face of the franchise? And a veteran team that knows what Andy Dalton's all about. When you think about the dynamic of that football team, there's a lot of veterans. Mm-hmm. People, players that have been in the league, and they've seen and played against Andy Dalton. They know what they have at quarterback, and yeah. do they believe in that? Uh, I think as a coach, as an organization, you have to gauge that. Or, or does Justin Fields bring that juice or that excitement or uh, that curiosity? Like, I, I want to know what this guy's made of. And uh, so it's big brother effect. You know, from a veteran standpoint, I played with a young quarterback, John Kitna. It was like, we need to protect this guy. Mm-hmm. He is surrounded with a ton of players, and we went on and won a division with John Kitna in Seattle. Uh, so I think from a rookie quarterback standpoint, can that team become big brother? Now, <laughs> here's where the Bears are dropping the ball because what did they promise Andy Dalton? Yeah. To be the starter? Did, did Andy Dalton, you know, does he have designs to face his former team, the Bengals? You know, I mean, when they signed him, they tweeted out QB1. And sure. a month and a half later, they draft Justin Fields. Right, right. They traded up to get him, too, yeah. right? I mean, so the thing is, with Andy Dalton, if he loses this game, he's already looking over his shoulder. Yeah. Like, what's to prevent Chicago from making a change going into week three? I mean, if you're going to go 0-2 with Andy Dalton, what's the point? You might as well play the rookie. So I, Andy Dalton's thinking that. Yeah. And so we've seen this line move. And this is why I think the Bears have dropped the ball here. They, they're not handling it the right way, uh, but yet they're not empowering Andy Dalton because he's clearly looking over his shoulder. And now he's looking over his shoulder going up against his former team, a team that he probably wants to beat down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a lot on the plate for Andy Dalton. We'll see how he handles it, though. Yeah, no, the Bengals have been a popular kind of trendy underdog entering this mm-hmm. game here. 69% of the bets on Cincinnati, 54% of the handle, though, was on the Bengals as well, as is the over at 61% of the tickets on that game there. Bengals, Joe Burrow looked impressive in his return to the starting lineup right. against Cincinnati Bang, or against the Minnesota Vikings, rather. Uh, they were a three-and-a-half-point dog. I think it might have closed three, but they got the outright win in overtime against the Minnesota Vikings. And it's, it's interesting seeing this... Bengals offense. We talked about Jamar Chase last week, and mm-hmm. from a confidence standpoint, after he had the preseason of all the drops and all that, and he looked impressive in week one. It was the Jamar Chase that we saw at LSU on that national title team here. But I think it might be a little too much too soon for Cincinnati. I mean, this is still the Bengals here, and now okay. they're seeing a lot of money. I, I kind of like Chicago in the spot. I, I know I haven't made the bet or anything like that, but if we see this thing approaching a pick, which is what it looks like. I, th- I think that you got to look at the Bears as the home team because the Bengals on the road with that offensive line, I don't really like them okay. laying or at least not getting at least a field goal on the road. Some numbers I'll throw at you real quick. Uh, so Mixon, uh, the running back, yep. he had 29 rushes for 127 yards. That's impressive. Against the Vikings, that, that defensive front. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying about the offensive line, but to pave the way for 29 rushes, almost 30 rushes and 30 carries, uh, and then don't estra- underestimate that wide receiving core, Chase, Boyd, and Higgins. Uh, yeah. I, I, they surround Burrow with some playmakers right there. You're right. If they can 
if that offensive line can't get it together and play consistent football, watch out for the Bengals. Yeah, no, they, they feel like an over team, and sure. I understand why people have bet the over in this game because that would be my look in this one. It's just like, mm-hmm. hey, I think we're going to see points. I don't really like either defense. The Bears have some good defenders, but they might be a little long in the tooth now. Yeah. Um, so maybe over and maybe could see Justin Fields at halftime. Who knows? You mentioned, do they bench Dalton after 0-2? It might be at halftime coming up here this afternoon as they are laying two points at home against the Cincinnati Bengals. Well, we're going to tackle another early game in this NFL Week 2 window on the other side. Raiders-Steelers. It's a six-point spread. We're talking about it on Point Spread Sunday on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Point Spread Sunday on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Football season is here and VEASAN has kicked off our new schedule. We have new talent and shows to help you make the most of your fall betting action. The VEASAN lineup has expanded to 21 hours of live programming every weekday as well as additional shows on the weekend. We want to give you the latest odds to stay on top of the in-game betting opportunities for every key game across the country. And we have added new personalities to our existing world-class team, including former professional athletes, sports media veterans, and of course, strategic sports bettors. Visit vsin.com to see our new lineup and talent and make this your best football betting season ever. How about that? New lineup, new talent. No. But a couple of guys who are not new to the world-class team here at vsin is our guys, Matt Humans and Jonathan Von Tobel. Mm-hmm. And that's a good one to, to watch. Opening lines later tonight because you want to jump on these numbers early if you can and see a little bit of value as I have with our next game here. The Raiders and the Steelers. This one opened up five and a half. It's now six. That key number of six in the NFL, especially since they moved the extra points back. So if you like the Steelers, obviously you'd like to lay five and a half versus laying six. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem like it's a huge difference, but it is once you actually factor in all the key numbers and, and the play on the field here. But in this game, 56% of the tickets are on the Pittsburgh Steelers. 68% of the handle is back in Pittsburgh. And you understand why when you look at how difficult of a spot this is for this Las Vegas Raiders team winning in dramatic fashion on Monday night against the Baltimore Ravens. You play an overtime game, so you play long into the night there mm-hmm. on a short week. So you have a lot of uh, kind of catching up to do on that short week. And of course, you have to travel across the country in an early window out there in Pittsburgh. Kind of a tough spot for this Raiders team, but. I'm sure the folks here in Vegas aren't going to be too scared to take the points up there with their with the hometown squad. No, not at all. You know, public teams too uh, in a rivalry situation. So. Very, when yeah, you think the, about the fan bases, immaculate reception, oh, uh, revenge game. Sure, sure. <laughs> Lynn Swan getting knocked out and stable. I mean, uh, it goes on and on and on for decades between these two franchises, yep. and so uh, that atmosphere is going to be incredible out there in the Steel City. Uh, one of the things I'm looking at again, building inside out, um, the offensive line for the Raiders. Very, very young now uh, and injured, banged up, incognito, banged up. Bar. He hasn't yep. really played. I don't know if he's going to play Andre James. Yeah, center. incognito's already been ruled out. Yeah, so Luminor, he's stepping in for Denzel Good, who who elevated himself as a young player last year. Now they get even younger uh, with another guy inexperienced. But, uh, and then Al- Alex Leatherwood, a rookie offensive tackle going up against TJ Watt. <laughs> so that's a, you, that's yeah, a nightmare it's situation a nightmare. potentially. Right, right. It's a nightmare, right? And, and so Josh Jacobs is out. Uh, and you look at Kenyon Drake, a, a new running back to this team. And, okay, where are they going to get the production? Young players out on the perimeter. Henry Ruggs III, Brian Edwards, and 
Where are they going to get the production on a short week without preparation, true preparation? Then go in pads this week. Uh, so it's daunting to think about. And then the Steelers, uh, Tomlin, what, 11-3 at home, home openers. Yep. But the caveat I have here with so much history between these two franchises, the Raiders in the last seven meetings between these two teams have won five of those. That's that, which right? is you wouldn't you wouldn't guess that when I you know. look at the direction that these two franchises have been in over the last two decades plus. Right, and then the familiarity aspect too. Gruden, Tomlin, Tomlin uh, under his staff, uh, Marinelli uh, on that staff in Tampa Bay too. So there's a lot of familiarity here uh, between both teams. So preparation is one thing on the field, the physical preparation. I think. As a player, Femi, I want my body to come back. I want to be ready to go 10 o'clock a.m. my time, uh, West Coast time, if you think about it that way, yep. uh, for the players. I, I don't care about the physical preparation. Let me get my body right, and then my mind will be right uh, for this game. So uh, it's an intriguing number. Uh, if you want to back the Raiders, an opportunity right there. Yeah, now you look at Najee Harris's yards prop at 78 and okay. a half. Uh, I think he's going to get the ball quite a bit in sure. this football game. Uh, I'm interested to see, though, how this Steelers offensive line, you talk about mm-hmm. starting inside out, how are they going to do I mean, Max Crosby looked amazing mm-hmm. on Monday. Now, now Alejandro Villanueva is no longer there. He's uh, <laughs> he's left Pittsburgh for Baltimore now, and Crosby, I think, kicked his tail pretty good on Monday night there. But it'll be interesting to see how the Steelers offensive line holds up. I know Ben Roethlisberger really looking to get the ball out of his hands quickly right. and stuff since last year there. He's not the kind of dynamic passer he once was earlier in his career. But this Raiders team is a little frisky, but I kind of like the Steelers in this spot. It's just yeah. such a tough spot with the short week on top of having to travel across country in an early window game here. Well, it really is a tough spot. Uh, I'll give Raiders credit, though. Last year, they went 6-2 and two on the road yeah. uh, with Coach Gruden and a younger team. So, uh, Ngakwe's there. He's banged up. Uh, Nassib's banged up. Uh, so, at a defensive line standpoint, Max Crosby's your only guy that's really healthy for this one. And, and then Cleve Farrell. Uh, it, it, he was inactive last Which week. Which is just mind-boggling. Fourth overall pick. That's... I, I think... Is he going to be okay? Because I know he's got a back issue. we got to look at the injury report or the active list. So, if you haven't made a bet on this one, if Cleve Farrell is going to be on the field for the Raiders, that would give them a boost defensively. Yeah, not good when you have your fourth overall pick as a healthy scratch right. in your home opener there to start the season off. But another game that's interesting, this one in the late afternoon window between the Minnesota Vikings and Arizona Cardinals. We talked about how the Vikings lost outright last week against the Cincinnati Bengals as a three-point road favorite. Well, they're now catching three and a half in the desert against a Cardinals team that was really impressive. We saw them just kind of dismantle the mm-hmm. Tennessee Titans as three-point underdogs. I think that one might have even closed at two and a half. But now we're seeing a lot of support for this Arizona team as they are getting 85% of the wow. tickets, 82% of the money on Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray out there in the desert. Now, this one is one that I know a lot of respected betters have looked at the look-ahead line and said, hey, this is a little bit of an overreaction because I think this line was sitting at four and a half. I believe it opened at earlier this week there. I want to make sure I get that right there. Yeah, I was, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing three as the opener, but okay. I think there were some fours and four and a halves earlier in the week that people have, uh, have gobbled up there for yeah. the folks that are on the Minnesota side. But the adjustment on this game, was it too much or was it just enough or maybe, maybe we're underreacting? Maybe the Vikings aren't a good team. 
and, and we they haven't covered in a while. It feels like uh, under Mike Zimmer there, but it's how do you read this game here between the the Minnesota Vikings and the Arizona Cardinals? From a team standpoint, I don't think the Vikings are very good. Uh, I, I think there's some nepotism going on too because you yeah. got Zim and his son on defensive side, and, and then Kubiak's Kubiak's the Kubiak family uh, running <laughs> the offense there. Uh, even though it's Clint instead of Gary, uh, but there's familiarity. Vance Joseph. Yeah, uh, worked with the Kubiak family before, so he knows Clint very, very well, and he's a defense coordinator for the Cardinals. And we saw the Cardinals' defense, Chandler Jones in particular, kind of showcase his ability with uh, JJ Watt on the opposite side of him, and, and Zayvon Collins and uh, Isaiah Simmons. I mean, all these guys that they drafted very well, uh, Buda Baker. They have a good defense out there with Arizona, uh, and so Vance Joseph very confident about that. Minnesota offensively challenged during preseason. We know that the quarterback situation, we know that too. And now defensively, uh, a lot of severe, not severe, but significant injuries. How about that? Yeah. Uh, Anthony Barr with a knee, uh, Everson Griffin, uh, concussion, concussion. Uh, you got uh, Kendricks quadriceps uh, got hurt during the week of practice. Yeah. Those are key components of a Vikings defense on the road. Again, back-to-back situations against Kyler Murray. So the market adjusted to Kyler Murray. And the fact that he might be an MVP type of candidate this year. I mean, I think we always forget that Kyler Murray was hurt right. at the end of last season. Uh, everyone's like, oh, the Cardinals fizzled out. I was like, well, there's a reason as to why. Mm-hmm. Because their quarterback was playing hurt and he even wasn't even able to finish mm-hmm. in week 17. We saw Chris Streveler out there in that kind of winner go home game out there for Arizona. So Kyler Murray now healthy. Chandler Jones, I mean, how about his performance oh. against Tennessee? Five sacks. So he's now vaulted himself into the defensive player of the year conversation. But one thing that interests me with this game is I've heard a lot of people and a lot of respected betters on our network, on Mm -hmm. other networks, talk about how this has been too much of an adjustment because the people like Minnesota entering this season as like a bounce back team. Uh, Their win total is sitting at nine, I believe it was. And they thought as a team that could be live to even win the NFC North. And I just haven't seen that. And sometimes I think the betting market is almost slow to react to results that we've seen time in, time out. I mean, get this, last year in week number two, crazy to even say this, the Philadelphia Eagles with Carson Wentz heading into their week two home game against the LA Rams closes two point favorites. And when you think about what Mm -hmm. happened to the Eagles last year, what happened to the Rams last year, the Eagles were favored by two in week number two. And that to me was the betting market just slowly reacting to how good the LA Rams were. And also how bad it really got for Philadelphia, because we all knew that, I mean, a couple weeks later, it's like, wow, two point dog that you could have got the Rams against. This could be another situation to where, Yes, you're laying three in the hook with Arizona, but maybe this should be six. You know, like like maybe the adjustment isn't sure. enough. Maybe the Vikings are actually that bad, and the Bengals, who we saw, beat them. And I know it was a little fluky with that Dalvin Cook fumble, but I, I always kind of try to keep that in my mind, my mind is that I respect the market, but sometimes it can be slow to react, especially early on in the season when, quite frankly, we don't really know much about these teams, to right, be honest. Right, right, and I, can we be surprised by teams too? And I think Arizona – uh, on top of Kyler Murray and what they've done defensively, sneaky, sneaky good rushing attack. Yes. Uh, and, and so take another look at that for the Arizona Cardinals. And then on the other side, too, when you're looking at the Vikings, quickly uh, here, Femi, um, the tight end situation and a play-action scheme, mm. it's not there. Yep. And so Kirk Cousins as a drop-back guy. Stephon Diggs wanted out of there for a reason. <laughs> yeah. and I don't know if that team fully trusts 
Kirk Cousins that way. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that one unfolds later on this afternoon. But we're going to take a final break here. We wrap things up. Point spread Saturday on the other side, talking Titans, Seahawks, and also giving out our best bets for week number two in the NFL. It is Point Spread Sunday here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my day. That's my there's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. This is Point Spread Sunday on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VEASAN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24-7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money, and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access to VEASAN.com data and analysis. You get everything VEASAN has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. It is the final segment of Point Spread Sunday here from South Point Hotel and Casino, Femi Abebefe alongside Mike Pritchard. We're breaking down all things week number two in our most bet game of the week. 
The Dallas Cowboys visiting the LA Chargers here. The Chargers laying three points with a total of 55, but we have seen a lot of support for the Dallas Cowboys as they are. I mean, they've been heavily bet in this mm-hmm. one, to be honest, from, I think, from respected bettors and also from the public. I mean, the Dallas Cowboys are America's team. have a lot of fans. Mm-hmm. 73% of the tickets on the Cowboys, 74% of the handle on the Dallas Cowboys. As for the total, 77% on the over. It's going to see a lot of fireworks there at SoFi Stadium. Any final thoughts here on Cowboys Chargers later this afternoon? I'm looking for fireworks. You have two prolific teams, uh, Kellen Moore, offense coordinator on one side, Lombardi trying to get right with um, Justin Herbert. Uh, concerned about the red zone uh, from week one, but I, I think I look forward to Chargers to correct that. Uh, had not played starters in Justin Herbert live action in the preseason. Uh, Dak Prescott coming back from injury, Femi, uh, lit it up. Uh, he went after it, got after it against Tampa Bay. I think you continue with that uh, theme, but also involved Zeke Elliott. They have to. Uh, they have to. They have to make up uh, for that production rushing the football for sure and help out Dak a little bit uh, to help out that offense. So uh, I look for fireworks. I look for a lot of points. I think it's a heavy, the heaviest bet game for a reason, uh, the correlation with fantasy football too with these yep. two quarterbacks. And I know we have a couple of plays on that game. We'll get to that in just a bit here. But our final game in the afternoon, we haven't touched on this one too much. And it's your, your old team there, <laughs> my Pritchard, my old stomping yes. ground, Seattle, out in Lumen Field, the Seahawks laying six and a half points against the Tennessee Titans. Total sitting at 54. Now, the betting splits in this game has been pretty interesting here. Okay. 57% of the tickets on the Seahawks, 60% of the money. However, I want to direct you to the money line where 73% of the money line tickets are on the Seahawks, but 59% of the handle on the Titans. Some people mm-hmm. think the Titans might be a live dog out there in the Pacific Northwest. What say you? Well, there's a lot going on up there in the Pacific Northwest. It's alumni weekend. Uh, a yep. lot of former Seahawks are coming back for this game. Uh, and so I appreciate you hanging out with me, of though, course, skipping of out course, on it. Of course. <laughs> um, but it, it's going to be festive, obviously. I mean, the fans are back. Uh, Lumen Field now. Home opener. And home opener. It, it's going to be festive. And the Tennessee Titans, to me, they're still going backwards defensively. Vrabel, I wonder when the heat's going to start coming on his shoulders, uh, be on his shoulders there. So uh, when you think about the fact that this defense and Vrabel is supposed to be a defensive guru here uh, and it's not working for him, uh, can the Seahawks take advantage of that? I, I believe they can. Uh, I believe also Tennessee did not play their starters underprepared because of COVID and then the injuries too. Uh, and they got exposed against Cardinals. And so you try to correct that again. Do you overcorrect that during a week of practice though, uh, which could be the tendency for a lot of teams. Todd Downing, a new offensive coordinator, now very familiar with the Seahawks and Pete Carroll because of his experience uh, playing against that, that team as a, a defensive uh, coach before or offensive coach before. So now he's got an offensive coach offense coordination situation with Ryan Tannehill and they got to find some way to be productive with all those players. Derrick Henry did not even get started yeah. uh, against the Cardinals. So they got to do that too. But uh, my more, my concern would be if I'm looking to back the Titans would be that defense. And the fact that Vrabel has not been able to solve that issue. Yeah. It's been an issue that's plagued them since last mm-hmm. year. Uh, their three games, years now. Yeah. yeah three four years. years now. They, their game's, 
are going over at a crazy rate right. since Ryan Tannehill's uh, entered that lineup. I think it's about 21 and five to the over since Ryan Tannehill has started okay. for the Tennessee Titans, uh, just because lack of defense mm-hmm. and they can put up points there with that prolific offense. Now that was with Arthur Smith right. as the offensive coordinator, Todd Downing, not off to a good start, only 13 points last week against the Arizona Cardinals. Some key injuries to keep in mind in this Seahawks Titans game, Caleb Farley, the rookie cornerback, he is ruled out with a shoulder injury. Anthony Ferkser, the tight end DNP on Friday uh, with a knee. So he's questionable as his linebacker, Jayon Brown for the Seahawks. They'll be without rookie wide receiver Dwayne Eskridge, who's mm-hmm. dealing with a concussion. He was DNP all week. Rashad Penny, the running back, DNP all week with a calf injury. Maybe Chris Carson props that Titans defense. Okay. We said is is not great by any <laughs> means. So maybe Chris Carson can get it going on the ground. Cornerback uh, DJ Reed for the Seahawks was questionable with a calf. Also guard Damian Lewis DNP on Friday for the Seattle Seahawks with a groin injury. So that will be one to keep in mind when those inactives come out around noonish or so on the West Coast, three o'clock over in the Eastern Time Zone. But yeah, this one, I have a play on this okay. game. We'll get to that in just a bit mm-hmm. here. Uh, just want to remind folks, obviously, all throughout this day, this Sunday, our Visa noon lineup, we will be jam-packed all sorts of NFL information leading up to kickoff as well. In-game opportunities starting at 10 o'clock, one o'clock over on the Eastern times. And with the green zone, Dave Ross and Wes Reynolds in that show. Then also pro football blitz eight to 11. That'll get you going for Sunday night football, that right. game between the Baltimore Ravens and Kansas city chiefs out there in the charm city. Then of course, opening lines. If you want to be an early better and get the best of the number, you want to listen to Matt humans and Jonathan Von Tobel. And then we continue to look ahead to week number three. Three and already talking about week number three. Can you I believe know. that? We haven't even played all of week number two there. Uh, Scott Steiderberg out there to get you kind of going into week three as those early numbers continue to trickle into the night. That one, 1 a.m. Eastern time all the way into 4 a.m. Eastern time, which would roll you into follow the money. That's right. And then here we go again with the weekday <laughs> slate there as we look forward to this NFL action here. But really, really quickly, let's run down through some of the games here. From week number two, as we get final sides and totals, starting with the Carolina Panthers hosting the New Orleans Saints. The consensus line on that one is Saints minus three and a half at even money, but pretty much everywhere across town, you're seeing Saints laying three with a total mm-hmm. of 44 and a half. And Pritch, feel free to jump in if you have any thoughts on any of these games as we run down here, rapid fire style. Yeah, mirror image uh, right there offensively for both teams. Uh, can Jameis uh, hold up against pressure looks from the Carolina Panthers? Yeah, and then Houston Texans visiting the Cleveland Browns. Browns laying 13 and a half with the total at 48. I said, if you like the Browns here, as I saw a gentleman walk across with a Baker Mayfield jersey out here at the South Point Hotel and Casino, it's it, maybe it's correlated parlay with the the over and the Browns laying those points there because it'll be tough to see them going and laying those points with that one going under there. The Cincinnati Bengals and the Chicago Bears, the Bears laying two points with a total of 44. We yeah. touched on that one. The dynamic of the Andy Dalton, right. Justin Fields. We'll see how that plays out. Bengals have been getting much of the money as that one opened up at three and a half. Las Vegas Raiders, Pittsburgh Steelers, Steelers laying six. Total of 47, tough spot for the Raiders as they are traveling cross-country in the early window after playing a thrilling victory out there Monday night football against the Baltimore Ravens. We'll see how they are able to kind of continue that momentum from week number one. A next game, Buffalo Bills traveling to Miami as a three-and-a-half-point favorite against the Dolphins. Total at 47-and-a-half. Buffalo Bills looking for a bounce-back spot after their week one loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. 
in Indianapolis. The Colts hosting the LA Rams, but the Colts getting three and a half. You're getting the hook there out there in Indy as Carson Wentz and that Colts team looking to avoid an 0-2 start, which we talked about in the first hour of our show here, Point Spread Sunday. Continuing on with these early window games. We've got nine of them here, so we're giving to you rapid fire. The San Francisco 49ers on the East Coast, but they stayed out there. They stayed at the Greenbrier, which is famous for them to stay out there on that East Coast trip, those back-to-back East Coast trips. They are taking on the Philadelphia Eagles, laying three points, that total sitting at 49, but the Eagles have seen a lot of support. That line was at four earlier in this week, now down to three at even money in some spots here around town. In Jacksonville, Duval County, the Jags catching six points against the Denver Broncos. That line was three as the opener, and it was three on the look ahead. Now we're seeing six here as Denver looked really, really good against the New York Giants in the Meadowlands a week ago. Our final early window game, New England Patriots taking on the New York Jets. The Jets, a six-point home dog, a divisional game. We get the two rookie quarterbacks, Mac Jones, Zach Wilson, going toe-to-toe in that game. And then in the desert, we just broke this down one not too long ago. Arizona Cardinals laying three and a half with a total of 50 and a half. We've seen a lot of respected money on the Vikings throughout the week. We'll see how that game unfolds here. I'm seeing three and a half so across the board, even a four at a faraway land there. In Tampa Bay, the defending champion Buccaneers hosting the Atlanta Falcons. 13 is the number in favor of the Bucs. 51 and a half the total. Seahawks, Titans, we just touched on that. Seahawks laying six and a half, total 54. Cowboys, Chargers, the game of the day mm-hmm. from a betting handle perspective. Chargers laying three with a total of 55. Then, of course, Sunday Night Football. Chiefs laying four on the road in Baltimore. That one a total of 53 and a half. Pritch, I know you got some plays. Yes. If folks want to see your plays, let's bring up Pritch's plays. Yeah. Let them know what they can get in this week two slate here. And you, you like a couple sides, and you also like – a three-leg teaser. I do, I do. You know, looking at all, all these games in our discussion today, I mean, there's going to be thunderstorms uh, in that Bronco-Jacksonville game, so keep an eye on that right there. Uh, but, yeah, in pocket right now, the Patriots, that's certainly uh, a six-point teaser right there. The leans, uh, I do like the Cowboys at three now. Uh, and then also, uh, we talked about the Colts over the Rams. If I can get that hook uh, right there, that's attractive right there. That's the only reason, the hook. Uh, and then also uh, maybe adding a teaser too with Broncos, Patriots, uh, and the Steelers. I think my favorite one's Panthers plus three and a half here. It is point spread Sunday. Just rolled on a visa in the sports betting network. Stick around. Lombardi line. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free saturdays are for sunshine especially for your ears with another election ongoing wars and natural disasters we know the news can be a lot to take in and we're determined to share the bright side of humanity 
Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Thank you. 